and welcome back to Jade's Bad Movie Opinion Junction. This week, we're discussing why Thor Love and Thunder was the best movie of 2022, why Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End is the best Pirates movie, and why the Super Mario Bros. movie was fucking awesome. Brent, your thoughts? Um, Pirates 1 is the best. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I could be persuaded, I don't know. I, I like 3, and I like 5. But I guess, you know, as, like, a standalone story, one is the best. I I like the way three brings everything together and, like, escalates it to this, like, yeah. stupid epic, you know, finale. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not one of those that think that that's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, one has the most going on and it's the most cohesive well, yeah, it yeah, doesn't have the, the most going on. It has the most sensible things going on. Yeah, I guess. like that's fair. I, I was, you know, I I've been in kind of a mood lately because a lot of the recent movies that have come out, um, if it's like a fun dumb movie, I love it and everyone hates it, and then if it's like, kind of a serious movie, I'm not as big on it, and everyone says it's the best thing ever. Um, that doesn't apply to everything, but it, it, it feels like it's a trend in recent stuff. So I'm, I, I started thinking back and realizing I just have a lot of bad movie opinions. Um, I don't actually think Thor Love and Thunder is the best movie of 2022. It might be my favorite. It, it's between that and Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, but... Um, I mean, I you know, <laughs> I, 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 I won't argue that they are better movies than Everything Everywhere All at Once. They don't deserve the Oscar or any Oscar, but I, I, I had more fun. I mean, I did like Everything Everywhere too. But no, no, that would be a hot take. Um, yeah. Chip and Dale, yeah, <laughs> best picture. No, the hot take I have written down for my bad opinions is that Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, which I then crossed out and said, actually, no, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. But the best Star Wars movie is The Force Awakens. And that's my hot take. Yeah, that is that that's that's just wrong. Yeah. No, my <laughs> argument for it is that The Force Awakens is so much uh it, it's everything you expect from a Star Wars movie, which is why people, you know, hate on it for playing it too safe. But I think that's what makes it the best Star Wars movie because you've got all the stuff that makes the Star Wars movie shoved into this one movie. Yeah, but there's also the argument that it's a terrible Star Wars movie because it completely undoes all the character development from the original trilogy. Um, I mean, you know, they they don't real you know, Luke, I guess it depends how you read into it, like I think the last Jedi's reading of Luke was correct, you know, as kind of disappointing as it is that for him to be living out on that um, deserted island planet, you know, something must have happened. So yeah, um, yeah. So, but I mean, in Force Awakens, I don't know. They're uh, yeah, they're all hyped up on Luke and him being amazing and shit, even though he doesn't do anything in that movie, and. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, the whole galactic status quo, it it throws that away to do Rebels vs. Empire again, which, from a narrative standpoint, sucks, but I think just the movie on its own is the most Star Wars a movie can be. 
Like even if you look at like a new like a new hope has probably like the most straightforward plot of any Star Wars movie. You know, the um, princess is kidnapped by the bad guys and they blow up her planet and this farm boy meets an old wizard and, you know, teams up with a pirate and his giant dog and they fly off to save the princess and then they blow up the starship <laughs> and and the wizard dies protecting them and stuff. And it, 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 it's, you know, a very straightforward movie, but there, there's a lot of stuff, like uh, other original trilogy elements like... You know the emperor, and that kind of aspect of it that uh, doesn't really factor in in a new hope. And a new hope, even yeah. you know, it 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 feels slow. Like I think as like a modern update adaptation of Star Wars, Force Awakens just does a really good job of consolidating you know everything that you expect out of a Star Wars thing, and, and then they just put it. You know, they got. The fun scene with all the aliens in a cantina-esque place. You've got uh, getting attacked by a giant monster, um, you know, when it escapes on a ship. Um, you got uh, the bad guy with a cool helmet and a red lightsaber fighting a good guy with a blue lightsaber. Um, you know, you got your emperor character. You got your blow up the big uh, space evil space station thing. Um, and, you know, just, like, a lot of humorous moments, too. I don't know. Like, maybe... I haven't rewatched Force Awakens in a while. Maybe it doesn't hold up as much, but I remember that was my feeling on it when it came out, and, like, even after... Like, after Last Jedi, I still felt like Force Awakens was uh, just a really solid... Like, yeah, that that's everything you'd want out of a Star Wars. Um... And, you know, knowing that Rise of Skywalker completely tanks that that trilogy kind of puts a stain on it. But I think I, on its own, the movie still has stuff. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, um, well, like, I, I get, I get the idea that it's like the most Star Wars, Star Wars movie because... It's just J.J. Abrams trying to make the most Star Wars Star Wars movie. Yeah, but I also think that's it's very it's it's very surface level and everything like yeah like and I I don't got know the, if the big space fights and yeah there you go like I think I'm I'm wondering if that's kind of the root of where I like my opinions on things tend to differ wildly from the norm is that if something is you know, like the Mario movie. You know, that, like, this bit is ultimately leading to me talking about the Mario movie and how I thought it was great and I loved it, and everybody's shitting all over it because it, like, it it has a very basic plot. There's pretty much no character development to the characters. Um, So if you're going into the movie looking for that kind of emotional beat, it's not there. Um, But... You know, the surface level stuff, like, visually, it looks awesome. The soundtrack is great, not counting the needle drop, you know, pop song. Like the, It does the illumination thing. They have their, you know, pop song drops, and they're all the most obvious ones. Um, I, I don't the, the care. The illumination the... thing is the whole reason yeah. I want to see it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's got that all that you know mediocre illumination bullshit to it, but it is just so much fun. Like, 
when, when they're not doing the modern pop songs, they have, like, when Toad first appears, there's, like, an orchestral rendition of the Captain Toad theme song, which was great. Uh, when they're going nice. into Donkey Kong Land, there, there's, like, a soft, uh, kind of quiet, mysterious take on the Donkey Kong Country theme. Um, you know, th- there's just all these, like, classic, you know, and I know it's all just Easter eggs and shit, but, you know, I, I recognize these things. I'm just Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen for 90 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I know. That, that guy from the Wrecking Crew, he's talking about how Mario used to work for him because Mario was the character you could play in the NES game Wrecking Crew before they settled on Mario actually being a franchise instead of just being the guy they dropped into every game that they made. Jump Man. Yeah. That there's this guy, I think his name's Giuseppe, who looks like the original artwork of Mario, where he's wearing, like, a tie. And he's standing by the Donkey Kong arcade machine at the start of the movie, and he's voiced by Charles Martinet. Um, also, Chris Pratt's Mario voice isn't bad. It, it's okay, nothing to that, write home about, but it's not bad. That's a hot take. Yeah. Uh, well, I I've think only I've, heard, like... That one trailer clip, so I'm not going to say anything. No, the, but... the trailer clip doesn't really show you much of it. it. It's it's fine. It's you know not as heavy on the Italian as a Charles Martinet voice, but it's still got like the pitch of a Mario voice. Hmm. So yeah, like it, it's fine. Um, you know, most of the characters are good or fine. Uh, obviously, Jack Black's Bowser is the standout. I won't disagree with that. But I think the movie overall was just a fun movie that, you know, not every movie has to make you fucking cry. I, I don't, I don't get popular opinion. Um, which is another thing I wrote mean, down from... on this uh, list of my bad takes is that I do not understand why people say that uh, these movies are the best of their franchise. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, Last Jedi, John Wick 4... Uh, James Bond, No Time to Die. Um, I didn't write any others down, but I don't know if people think Black Panther 2 is better than Black Panther 1. I thought I thought it was good when I saw it the first time, and on rewatch, I just thought it was boring. I love Warpath Jade. Yeah, because yeah, I, I have this list of takes from the last year. Okay, Doctor Strange 2. People loved it. I thought, yeah, it was fine. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder. I uh, loved it. People hated it. People fucking hated it. Uh, Black Panther 2. I thought, yeah, it was... Well, I, I liked it, and then I rewatched it. I'm like, no, it's just kind of boring and sad. Um, but I, I think people love it. I'm not sure uh, how how much that's held up. People are really down on the MCU in general lately. Um, Black Adam, I forgot to include. I think my opinion's about on par for that. Is that, like, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't good. Um, what a boring take, Jade. Yeah. Yeah, my boring regular, you know, my the, the takes where my opinion lines up with what I perceive to be the general opinion is the Black Adam movie I thought was fine. And I think that's the consensus is it's fine. It's not great. Um, and the D&D movie, which I saw two weeks ago, I thought was pretty good. It could have been better, but it was pretty good. And that seems to be what most people are saying about it, is it's pretty good. Um, so I agree with the consensus on those, but then I sharply disagree on whether Doctor Strange 2 or Thor Love and Thunder is better. I loved Ant-Man 3 Quantumania and the weird little freak Modoc in that, and people hated all of that. 
Um, John Wick 4 I thought was okay, and people say <clears> it's the best one of the franchise. Um, and that I th- was I in think my... John... I think John Wick 4 is great, but also it's probably the one I would watch last. I think um, the action scenes are great, but I just, I don't know. It, it I mean, we talked it, about it last time, but... It lingers on it on itself too much when yeah. it's not it's not as deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's not deep enough to... Yeah, um, like his wife died three movies ago, and they haven't talked about her since. I don't care that he's going to be reunited with her in death. And they yeah. they, they make a lot of that, and it's there's nothing there. Um, but I mean, like I don't know the high praise of John Wick Four, and you know, like I I put it in that category of movies that get like praised as the best of their series, and I don't understand why. And I think the trend I'm seeing between Empire, Jedi, John Wick. No Time to Die, is that these are all movies where the main characters just get the shit kicked out of them, and then the movie ends on a sad note. And I guess that makes people think it's deep. If a movie is sad, then it's automatically deeper than a movie that's fun. I don't know. I I legitimately don't understand why Empire is considered the best Star Wars, though. Um, It's good like it has you know it's like shocking twists and turns which i guess you know were, were more shocking in 1980 than they are now but um but it's still I, it's I, I a can't. movie where they begin on a, on their back foot and end on the back foot and i can't speak for most people but i can speak for myself and empire is the movie that like made look into an actual character instead of an archetype um Hmm. it it added like legitimate drama instead of just being pulpy like 1950s-esque serial sci-fi um so it's because like when you look the star wars movie that's not like a star wars movie well it it took star wars and made it into something else that people like i guess mm. <laughs> i don't know they like the drama and stuff i don't know yeah also it had lightsaber fights and darth vader mm. um and return of the jedi like i love i love return of the jedi but like i love the beginning part that's really cool um just like action set piece jabba's palace type stuff yeah, and I like the end. That is the emperor. Um, you know, yeah, the stuff. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Like my memory is of my fond memories that make Jedi my favorite are pretty much the beginning up to the the scout trooper bike chase through the forest, and then there's just a fuzzy spot, and then there's the throne room with the emperor. Yeah, there's a lot of Ewoks. <laughs> A lot of Ewok. Yeah. <laughs> a little too much. Like, Yeah, like the Ewoks are fine. You know, marketable cute thing is more of a Disney-era Star Wars thing, but they did do it in Return of the Jedi, too. And as marketable yeah. cute things go, the Ewoks aren't quite as marketably adorable. Like, yes, they're teddy bear people, but if you look up close, those faces are kind of scary. Yeah. They they could eat a kid. Yeah. <laughs> 
They would eat again. They probably did. I mean, they, they had that trap there and they <laughs> were ready to just roast everyone alive if Leia had yeah. told them no. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't have a, like, I don't think that there's a huge gap between Empire and uh, Return. Mm. Like, just for me personally, like, I... I, I love the original trilogy as a trilogy and the original movies. Um, like, I don't think I'd just, like, sit down and watch any of the original Star Wars movies. I, I might I, I might actually watch Return of the Jedi just because I, I like the beginning and the end. But Yeah, um, like, I remember in college, uh, I, I had, like, a girlfriend and I was, we were watching... Uh, all of the original Star Wars movies, and you know, I, you know, obviously through like the internet, you know, like I'd seen all of them. You know, I, I grew up with them, but I hadn't really watched them and paid attention in a while. And watching them all back to back, like Jedi, like as a movie, Jedi has really good like pace to it. You know, like the the way the scenes are and the like the way the action flows. Like, Empire felt more like watching an opera at the time. That it's like, yes, things are happening, but mostly the music is carrying this from scene to scene. Um, like, I, I don't know. It was just a weird impression I had. That I, I think because each of the three original movies had a different director. Um, and I think Richard Marcond for Jedi had you know, just a, a good sense of pace to it from like scene to scene and shot to shot yeah yeah I mean Return of the Jedi is the one I would watch if you, you said you have to watch one mm. that is the one um, but also I think Empire is technically better <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's just, like, the Oscars mindset of, like, you know, there's, like, certain movies that, you know, you watch it and it's like, well, I don't feel happier after having watched this, but it feels like this is the kind of thing that's good, so I guess it's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, I've, I've got a very nebulous, um idea of what i think is good and what i like mm. so it's just it's mostly just a feeling yeah um like i know neon genesis evangelion is good mm. but i don't like it mm. um and i love Kaja. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you ask me if it was good i'd say well, a little <laughs> Well, I mean, it like it's good at doing what it does, which I I, I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm trying to get at is uh, yeah. that you know, like even if a thing isn't smart, if it's not trying to be smart, like like with the Mario movie, yeah, it's getting like fifty percent Rotten Tomatoes reviews because everyone's like, there's no personality to these characters, there's no story, or like the story is just so basic, and it's like, yeah, have you played a Mario game, like that? there's no characters that that's not the point you know it's fun colorful candy bullshit directed you know in, injected directly into your eyeballs and that's what i came for and that's what i got out of that movie so 
okay, here's Brent's bad movie takes or whatever mm. your specific wording was. Yeah, I mean, um, I, origi- I settled the, on the original bad movie opinion junction yeah. because Jade and Junction both start with a J. So I um, guess this would be Brent, a bad movie opinion barn. Brent's bad movie <laughs> opinion <laughs> board bog. There you go. Okay, yeah, throw Bull all bars in there. Yeah. yeah. The B B B B B B B. Not to be confused um, with the Better Business Bureau or I don't know. There's probably a British something that has a lot of B's in the acronym. Uh, okay, your bad movie. My favorite. Movie. My, my favorite Star Wars movie is Vampire Bikes Back. Mm. Um, Coming soon to Disney Plus. Oh. <laughs> um, I I completely forgot. Okay, so yeah, you, you, you oh, give a better oh, yeah, I, on a movie. I remember that. the original Super Mario Brothers movie is not that bad. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that take a lot, but it's mostly you know like the people who even bother to watch it is it, it's it's really weird, mm. um, and things don't flow together at all. But it's very interesting. Mm. Um, and like I'd I'd rather watch an interesting thing than a I don't know like the first Fast and the Furious movie, <laughs> mm. which is just a, a stock car movie. Yeah, like I I'd rather I'd rather watch the Fast and Furious sequels where they just turn it up to, to one thousand and just go crazy with it. Mm. Yeah, because that, I mean, not exactly, but it kind of reminds me of uh, like another thought I had on, like, why certain movies are like, this movie is great, and other movies are like, this movie is bad, in the general opinion thing. And I, it feels like part of it is that people are so movie literate at this point. Like, people have seen so many movies that if you do... A thing that's been done before it feels cliche uh and that because so many things have been done there's so many cliches now that it's like oh you did this thing and it's like well i've seen this before therefore it is bad because it is a cliche and that i almost feel like i don't know i think i i've said this about last jedi that i feel like people are just so tired of seeing the same things that if you do something that is surprising then that means it's good uh which i don't agree with i mean maybe that's an unfair accusation that people are just like oh you surprised me you subverted my expectations therefore this is amazing even if the thing doesn't make sense and i mean i guess yeah that's kind of probably not true because M. Night Shyamalan tries to do that with every movie, and a lot of the times it just falls flat. It's like trying to surprise you with some bullshit, and people see right through the act, for him at least. But, yeah, well, with, with, with Shyamalan, it's just, it's just very obvious that it, it's, it's a twist for the sake of a twist. <laughs> like, there, there's, no, there's no reason to do it. Whereas, um, I don't know, I, I don't think Last Jedi is a great... <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Last Jedi, like, some of the twists... But... Like, the twist with Luke turns out he actually doesn't want to come back. That's a, an interesting twist that, you know, it, it 
makes sense when you think about where he was in the previous movie. It's like, how did he get there? Oh, okay, yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but now that I think about it, it makes sense. Um, it was a little no annoying how long it took him to get off his ass. Kind of felt like the movie was just dragging it out at that point, because you know he's going yeah. to you know, come back and help, but we have to have a whole scene of him like fighting Ray in the rain and saying, like, no, I don't want to come back, just leave me here to die, um, before eventually deciding to come back. It just it, it kind of dragged that out too long, um, but then like yeah, like the twist I, with killing well, Snoke, like yeah, sure, Snoke was a nothing character, and who cares? But also, you killed him, and then what? Like Kylo Ren doesn't feel like he's been set up to really take the place of this character, he is like a you know the new major antagonist. He he also like he he's been like torn down as a character at every turn for just being this whiny little shit so you know it, it's like a twist like oh i didn't expect them to kill the villain halfway through the movie and then what <clears throat> and then we have like another hour of uh stuff i guess yeah i mean i could talk for days about <laughs> how how weird the arc of kylo ren is mm. um is this you know, baby following in his grandpa's footsteps on the first one to to somehow finding it in himself to take over the galaxy in yeah, the second he, one. He decides to take over, but he's just, like, arguing with the other guy who also wanted to take over and then screams at a ghost for an hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they, you know, rise to Skywalker is its own issue of them trying to course correct everything and doing it in the worst way. And then he gets shot, and then he remembers that he loves his mom, and he turns into a good guy, and he tries to fuck his cousin. <laughs> yeah, he makes out with his cousin, <laughs> and then drops dead. <laughs> I, I, know, I know it's not... It's not his actual cousin, but up until that point, it's like, yeah, she's probably his cousin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, d depending how uh, they, you know, interpret Anakin's origin in this new continuity, um, whether Palpatine was behind that or not, they might be kind of cousins. Yeah, yeah, they're... They're... Ghost... God cousins. Mm. Um, they're, <laughs> they're all the family. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of, I mean, I don't know that there's much to say about Mario movie except that I liked it. Uh, but Star, there was Star Wars news because um, oh, no. Star Wars Celebration. Always. Well, so they announced three movies that are in development. Um but this is Lucasfilm, so who knows if those will ever get finished. You know, it wouldn't be the first time that they announced a bunch of projects and then scrapped them immediately. But, um... Is it a Max Rebo movie? No. I wish there was, like, Darn. a Max Rebo Disney Plus. Like, make, like, a Book of yeah. Boba Fett spinoff yeah. telling us where Max Rebo went after they blew up the cantina that he was in, in, uh, yeah. Book of Boba Fett. You know what they should do? They should do like the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, hmm. <laughs> but about the Max Rebo like, band take... getting back together. The yeah, Max just, Rebo has to track like, down Sai Snoodles and Droopy McCool, and 
<laughs> just com- completely take the piss out of the original Star Wars Christmas special, yeah. just, but just make it actually a decent thing. Mm. Uh, I mean, they did that as a Lego thing. Like, they did a Lego Star Wars Christmas special, Halloween special, summer vacation special. I'm sure they're going to do another one. They've done at least those three so far. The Halloween one was pretty yeah. good. The Christmas one was shit. Uh, <laughs> well, there, there seems to be a, a pattern yeah. with Star Wars and Christmas. Um, Almost like they never went along to begin with. Yeah, it's it's life day. Um, but, yeah, so they announced three <clears throat> movie projects. Um, I bring it up because one of them is Ray Skywalker, I guess is her name now, but Ray. Uh, Ray is making a new Jedi Order, and they also unveiled a big timeline Why? thing where they brought back a lot of the timeline segments that had been deleted, including the new Jedi Order, which I get, you know, it's the same symbol as the old canon version. Uh, I can't imagine it's going to be the same plot as the old canon version of new jedi order i don't i, I don't think the yushan vong would come back that seems a bit too intense for disney's star wars but i guess they're just repurposing it and it's you know gonna be at least one sequel movie of ray building a new jedi order um so yeah um why is that like the only idea anybody ever has <laughs> Well, because there, there's that one, there is, uh, so the, the timeline, pre, in, the, in the new timeline, because they got rid of all the Old Republic stuff, it only went back to the High Republic, which is like the height of Jedi power, after the Sith had been eliminated, aside from, you know, the secret rule of two, um, it, it was, you know, just Jedi running everything, and so they'd done some story, like books and comics set in that. They added Old Republic back, and then they added back Dawn of the Jedi, which is the, you know, pre-Old Republic time that the Jedi became, you know, a thing. Um, and James Mangold, the guy behind, uh, he did, like, Wolverine and Logan and the new Indiana Jones movie, um, he is working on a movie for Dawn of the Jedi, which he's describing as, like, a biblical epic. So, I don't think it'll be like the Dawn of the Jedi comics that came out in the old canon. I think it sounds more like the, um, original Knights of the Old Republic comic book that came out before the video game. Because in the original comic book, it was, it, like, the, the way everyone, like, dressed, the way the architecture looked and stuff, it looked like a sci-fi version of ancient Rome. So, if they do something like that, that sounds pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that's that's another one of the projects they announced that may or may not actually come out. Uh, the third one is... That, the, that definitely seems like a studio casualty. Yeah. Now, it'll probably fall apart, but it sounds cool. Um, but the third one, which seems like the most likely to happen is that Dave Filoni has finally gotten the go-ahead to make a movie which is going to be some kind of culmination of all these TV show universe things. Whatever. People are thinking it's going to be like an heir to the Empire loose adaptation 
you know, branching off of whatever happens in Ahsoka when that comes out later this year. And wherever Mandalorian Season 3 ends up, I think there's like one episode left of that season. Season 3 I still never watched the first episode because when I tried, Disney Plus said no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're, they're up to the second to last episode now. Season 3 hasn't been as good as the other seasons, but it's it's, it's better than Book of Boba Fett. Uh, well, probably about on that's par. That's a low bar. I'd say it's about on par with Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, so okay, yeah, it, that's disappointing. It, it's it's okay. It spreads itself a little bit thin with a lot of like side plots and side characters. It's not as focused. There's some cool moments, but it's not as good. Um. Man, remember the first season when they just had characters go to a weird place and do a thing, mm. and it was great. And it was focused on just, uh, you know, this guy and the baby that he adopted, and he's just trying to yeah. keep the baby safe, and you know, it really focuses yeah. in on just that one relationship. And there were like two side characters in the episode, and that's about it. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, no, season three is the kind of thing that if if we were, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, I guess it'd be closer to 15 years ago now, and I was still high school, college, and deep in the novels, and really in love with Mandalorians, I would probably love season three, because there's a lot of stuff about Mandalorians and the different factions of Mandalorian culture and stuff, um, but I don't care anymore. It's it's been a long time. They wiped the cannon a long time ago. I'm mostly over it now. You know, I'm just kind of burned out on the whole thing. Um, so whatever. You have to wipe the cannon eventually mm. because it gets all full of soot and gunpowder, mm. and it might misfire. Yeah. That was a very bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, um. Firearm store. Yeah. Oh, I think a cannon is technically artillery. Mm. But that, That's the word I was looking for, but I spaced, so I picked a similar word out of the source in my brain. I mean, it's not its not really a, a very important distinction. Mm. No, well, we might have lost <laughs> but... a listener over our misuse of the term firearms for artillery. Bye, Eugene. Aww. <laughs> um, Bye, yeah. Eugene, the only person... <laughs> who I know consistently listens. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they announced those three movies, and we'll see if they come out. Um, I don't think anything new has happened with the TV show. I think it seems like they're pivoting away from doing as many Disney Plus shows for Star Wars and for Marvel. They realized, like, they. Like, some of the shows were good, a lot of them, it's just, I don't know, it happens and then you forget. They realize that they're devaluing their own product by oversaturating the market with shit people don't care about. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, yeah. Marvel's gone so many directions that people can't keep up and they don't care anymore. And Star Wars, I mean, after the movies ended, it's, like, Mandalorian ha is still, I think, I don't know if anybody, how many people are actually keeping up with the newer shows, but people still like Baby Yoda. 
uh, you know, there's still you know plenty of Baby Yoda merch and attention and stuff, but and that's like the main thing keeping Star Wars afloat at this point because you know the movies have ended. Who knows if or when the movies they've announced will come out? Um, the TV shows they happen and people watch them and maybe talk about them, but it, I don't know. It feels like people don't even talk about the shows that much anymore. Like whenever I go on media yeah, like, box, people are just talking about the Owl House, and I don't know what that is, and I don't care. Um, I know it's a kids' cartoon on Disney, hmm. um, I, and it's very gay. Is it and, from the makers of Gravity Falls, or is it just like is it is it in any no, way connected to Gravity Falls? I don't think so. Okay, it's um, just like the new Steven Universe or something. Kinda. Um, I know Aaron Hansen is in it. Oh, um, okay. He plays several side characters. Okay. Um, that's that's all I. <laughs> I I watched the first episode like I don't know three years ago, whatever it premiered, mm. and I know it seemed like a fun kid show that I'm not that into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't really kept up with cartoons. You know, like that. A lot of what I know about cartoons was just from when I was in college and had a TV with cable and would just leave it on Cartoon Network all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't... I don't even have cable anymore, so, I, like, I don't even watch Cartoon Network. Like, I don't even know if they still play Teen Titans Go 24-7. Yeah. Or if... if <laughs> if they got a new show at some point yeah no i i have just streaming services now and most if i'm just like shit watching stuff it will be whatever either you know prime video will also show me stuff that's on tubi and you know some of those like free services so like this week i had planned to watch so two weeks ago i watched clone Wars season six <clears throat> if you're interested go check out the sub thread in uh the media box um whatever i was gonna watch season seven this week and i'm like i don't care so i ended up watching a lot of the mike tyson mysteries which is like a 2014 <laughs> adult swim show that's like a parody of scooby-doo with mike tyson yeah. and his friends a <clears throat> gay ghost his adopted uh asian yeah. daughter and a really holy it, pigeon <laughs> it's a it's a parody of like every like formulaic Hanna Barbera, yeah. Scooby Doo ripoff. Yeah. Uh, like they they had they had a million of. Them. Yeah, I, I'm I'm like halfway through season three now. It's all free on Tubi, so it it's pretty good. Yeah. It's yeah. It, I mean, it, like it's, each episode's like eleven minutes, and when I get to the end, I'm like, sure, I'll watch another one. It what what's what's great about that show is it's. Most of it is just anti-humor, yeah. but then every now and then, um, Pigeon will just say some <laughs> random shit that makes you bust out laughing <laughs> because it breaks the tension. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, also, I think Mike Tyson's a rapist. Um, oh, I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, didn't he like <laughs> bite a guy's ear off in a fight? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, he definitely did do that. Yeah. He, um, he, he had a very, um, violent and troubled youth, mm. which led to a very violent and troubled young adulthood. 
and I think now he's basically like chilled out. I think. Yeah, um, he's just leaning into that, being a human meme. Yeah, yeah, he's like. I'm famous, I, I guess I'm going to keep being famous, but I'm not actually going to do much <laughs> but voice myself in a Adult Swim cartoon. Yeah, which... and I don't know how long it lasted, because <clears throat> like, it, it said 2014 for the date that it started, at least. Yeah, well, Norm MacDonald died a few years ago, so uh, mm. they, they can't do much with it anymore. Um, yeah, I assume it's what... probably something that was on HBO Max and then they farmed it out to Tubi because that's what David Zaslav's cost-saving strategy for HBO Max is, is to just farm everything out to other streaming services. I I desperately want a free subscription to HBO Max for like a week mm. just so I could watch The Last of Us. Mm. Uh yeah, I mean, I've heard it was good. It, it sounds like it's faithful to the game. And that a lot of people watched yeah. it not somehow not knowing the plot of the game, even though it's been out for years. And, you know, it, it's come out like three times. Jade, are you aware of the plot of the game? Because I, yeah. I know I said the whole thing like two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, but... I know, you know, between you saying it and just other, you know, internet video people talking, you know, like I know... That it ends with like I the it it starts with Joel losing a child to this uh, you know onset of the zombie invasion because of this fungus thing that turns people into zombies, um, and then we you know smash cut to years later where he's just a delivery guy in the post apocalypse and then he is assigned to deliver this girl who is uh, the See, like she's she's got some kind of genetics that resist the zombie thing, and they think it might be the cure that can save everyone. So he's supposed to deliver her to this group, and they go on adventures and they bond, and then uh, they get to the group, and Joel finds out oh they're planning to kill her and harvest her brain. So he goes on a rampage and murders everyone and rescues her, but doesn't tell her that he murdered everyone to save her because like, I think she was unconscious at the time or something. And then that is how that ends, and you know Joel has probably doomed the world maybe depending how you how much faith you have in whether ellie's genetic stuff could have fixed it um but it, it leads into nice. the second game <clears throat> slash season that they are working on uh when the friends and family of those people joel murdered come for revenge which then sends uh ellie to go get revenge on them for their revenge and everyone suffers a lot, and uh, little potato is lonely. <laughs> I love that you remember that. I remember little potato because that was the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the little video of her singing the potato song. Yeah, uh, yeah. it it. Last of Us, the first one is a masterpiece. The second one. See, this is another thing. Um, like, I, The Last of Us 2 is very good, mm. but <laughs> I, I never want to play it again. Because, mm. um, like, the, the first one is brutal, and there's a lot of bad shit that happens, but there's also... All the heartfelt stuff in the middle. Yeah. Like, the, there's... There's levity. There's... Like, 
quiet moments where nothing happens except the characters talking mm. or telling jokes. Yeah, there's some kind of giraffe um, scene that I've heard about but I haven't seen. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot better if you don't know about it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but the, the second one, there's not much of that at all. It's 95% just horrible shit happening to people. Mm. Yeah, everybody um, and their pets all having names, so you can feel bad when you kill them because the game makes you kill them because that's how you progress. Yeah, that. And then you drop white white phosphorus on everyone, and the game's like, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> Even though it was the only way you could progress, and you didn't really have a choice. That's a Spec Ops the Line okay. reference. I I I understand that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if the audience does, but. I mean, we've talked about it before, like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we've been doing this show too long. Mm. Nope, the show we need to... began in, uh, I think it was February of 2017, when yeah. the Lego Batman movie came out. And that just happened to coincide with uh, this spinoff of Funk Dunk becoming a show. Yeah, and then I was on episode like nine or something. Yeah, yeah, a few like thirty episodes ones. later, I I was I was on every episode. Yeah, when I said I I don't want to have to schedule guests every time. It's hard. I just want to talk to the same person every time. Yay! I'm glad I could be that person. Mm. I'm glad I'm convenient for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, I want to. I want to see the show. I I hear they make a a decent number of changes. Um, mm. Well, yeah, I mean, like they, not they any can't have him shoot major ten million people over the course of the show. Yeah, well, I they I, I mean, I think they make some character changes. Oh, yeah. Um, like not a lot, like not anything major, at, at least for the the two main characters, but. Mm. I mean, like, I think it'd be hard to have Joel, like, be as he is in the video game with, like, less screen time. Because, you know, a video game protagonist can be, like, very... Mm. Yeah, they're, they're um, like a player Rough around standing. the edges. Yeah, player standing, yeah, like, so they're uh, expected to be the gruff, quiet type. Yeah. To let you fill in um, the gaps with your own choices. I imagine that in the show, Joel will have to explain himself a little more mm. <laughs> to not come off as a complete psychopathic asshole, mm. but only as the the partially psychopathic asshole that um, yeah, just he comes across as in the game. By the apocalypse. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I don't want to watch the second season of that because that that would probably hurt. <laughs> mm. Yeah, or maybe I should maybe I should watch it when it comes out. That way, um, I can actually never play the game again. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, you already know the plot, and if it's as faithful as season one is, then uh, you already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know exactly what happens. Mm. I, I I'm talking like I like I think the last yeah, of those two like, is bad, which I don't. 
it's just it's just hard to th- it's hard to think about mm. <laughs> because it's it's nothing but misery. Mm. Um, yeah, because I know people were you know people who are like vaguely familiar with the games are wondering like are they gonna change season two to let Pedro Pascal do more as Joel, knowing that he dies pretty quickly in that game. They'll probably add more flashbacks, if I had to guess. Mm. Yeah, or, like, stretch the flashbacks to fill yeah. more time. I mean, they actually did have a decent amount of flashbacks in the in the game. So, I mean, they could probably have one in, like, every episode of the show yeah. without it... Yeah, just, like, more without emphasis it straying on too that far. while you're showing uh, Ellie's descent into murder. Yeah, because they they actually used the flashbacks really well in the game to, you know, juxtapose with where Ellie is at in the moment. Mm. Um, Yeah, and, you know, when you cut out all the game bits of sneak through place and murder people, uh, you know, condense that down for, uh, you know, movie TV style format, then, yeah, they'd probably be more focused on the cutscene stuff. Yeah, which is good and bad because I, in a game like The Last of Us, you really get to know the characters, like at you know, in in their little incidental dialogue as they're mm. moving through the world. Um, but yeah, I'm not paying for HBO. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, this is the point I I was starting with. Mm. I'm not paying for HBO Max, but I do want to watch The Last of Us. Mm. Um. It's such a good game. I kind of want to play it again, but I don't have the time. I don't have the time to do anything. Yeah. Also, uh, side tangent, the probably not much of a topic, but um, on HBO Max type stuff, uh, Duck Dodgers uh, just came out with a Blu-ray release of all three seasons. Uh, I just happened, I was browsing other stuff on Amazon. They're like, hey, you've bought Duck Dodgers before. Do you want to buy the complete series on Blu-ray? And I'm like, fuck yeah. So I did, and it arrived pretty quick. I just got it today. So, yeah, it looks like, wow, you know, they, they squeeze each season on one disc. Where I'm, DVDs I'm need sorry, discs. but I, I just accidentally pulled the, the lever of my chair, and I just almost fell out of my chair. No. Um, but you didn't. So sorry. Because um, of your mad skills. No, I didn't. Yeah, I've, I've got that. Duck Samurai swag. reflexes. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Duck Dodgers. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have anything else to add to the conversation. No, I I didn't have anything to say. Just that it came out and I got it. We ranked it as one of the best Cartoon Network shows of all time. So. Yeah. Yeah, because of my personal bias. I also like it. Mm. I would have put it in like probably A, mm. but I think S is fair. Yeah. It, it's. I don't think it's a thing that most people would put as S, but no, hey, not. we're not most people. Yeah. We're we're like one billionth of the, <laughs> the global population mm. rounded up, I guess. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh. 
I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just had a near-death experience, and I'm kind of trying to get back in the conversation. Mm. Uh, well, okay, so the because the topics I came in with this week were um, the Mario movie, uh, which was fun, and the D and D movie that was pretty good. Um, I don't know if that was there a beholder. No, unfortunately, I'm hoping. The movie, I don't know how much money it made. I know people are generally... It seemed like it did pretty well. And it seems like people generally like it. Um, you know, this is one where my opinion was about on par with the regular. Of Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, because it feels like, like this one had um, like a fair budget. It didn't have like a huge budget. So, like, there's... Um, like a couple parts where a dragonborn, you know, a, a dragon humanoid character will show up, and they're just like, they are. Like it looked like practical effects. It's like they did like a kind of Star Wars Henson Workshop, uh, like rubber mask, dragon face. It doesn't look bad. It does look, you know, puppety, but you know, it's fine. Like they you know, they did that for like a couple scenes. They had like a bird person and Aarakocra shows up for like one scene. And that's another practical effect. There's a scene where there's a tabaxi. So there's like a couple small scenes with those. And there were like some scenes that had, you know, your big visual effects. There's like a chase scene with a dragon. Um, who, if you haven't seen it, uh, spoilers, surprise. I mean, it's still, it's fun when you see it. It's the, the, the dragon is a character who's apparently from the lore who's named Thimberchod, and it is a chonky, like just, it's a dragon that is so fat that it can barely fly. So, they get chased <laughs> by this, this, you know, fat dragon through a cave, and it, like, kind of flies occasionally, but mostly it just spits fire, but sometimes it just, like, spits gas because it can't quite get its fire going. Um... Like, th there's a lot of silliness to the movie, which is great, you know, it, like, gets that D&D &D tone of, um, just getting weird with stuff. Um, Chaotic stupid. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's, um, so the, the main cast, there's, uh, Chris Pine as Edgin the Bard. Um, he doesn't really have, he's a bard, so he doesn't really have a lot of, like, combat skills or much of any skills, and people will ask him, like, hey, what, what's your point even being here? And he's like, oh, I'm the, I'm the planner guy, I come up with the plans. And he's mostly, like, he, I guess bards are known for charisma, and it's Chris Pine, so, yeah, he's, like, he's good at talking. Um, there's Michelle Rodriguez is playing a barbarian, um, named Holga, I think? It's either Helga or Holga. Um, she's, like, the gruff, she's not, like, a dumb barbarian. She, she's just kind of, like, gruff, doesn't talk a lot, but when she does talk, it's usually to, you know, make, like, crack a joke or something. Um, and, let's see, there's, uh, Justice Smith from Detective Pikachu is, uh, nice. playing Simon the Sorcerer, who's a wild magic sorcerer, so he can't really, like, he'll cast, you know, He's not good at casting spells, and his whole character arc is that he has low self-confidence, and by the end of it, he's got some self-confidence. Um, <laughs> and then nice. there's uh, Doric the Druid, 
Um, and she is a tiefling who um, is like living in the forest and she does wild shape stuff. She Her preferred form is an owl bear, which apparently annoyed a bunch of people because technically a druid can't become an owl bear, but who gives a shit? Um, it, it's a way to. Is she hot? She's kind of cute. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll take yeah. it. So, yeah, so it's the four of them have to. Well, it <clears throat> starts off with Edgin and Holga. You know, they previously worked together. He was formerly a part of this group called the Harpers, who are like the police. I don't know. I, I, the Harpers. My knowledge of them is kind of twisted by what Sean did with them in Funk Dunk, making them the bad guys. But I guess they're usually like the good guys who go out and right wrongs and fight evil and do it all just out of the goodness of their hearts which is kind of the problem with edgin is you know he's doing it but he's like i'm not making any money out of this and so that leads to problems for him later um but he he's no longer part of the harpers he it starts off there in prison and they're explaining their backstory to uh this council that is deciding whether to give them a pardon or not um and i i won't go through all the plot beats but they were previous they they got captured while trying to heist a talisman that can resurrect a person that edgin wanted to use to resurrect his dead wife um with yeah you know you, you can kind of tell pretty early on like oh so when they get this talisman back probably one of the main characters is going to die and they're going to use it on them um and yeah that's exactly what happens but um but yeah, uh, forgot what I was trying to lead up to by explaining all the characters. The butt stuff. No, they didn't do any of that in this one. Maybe, maybe in the next one. Darn. Yeah, like they'll fuck a dragon like there, eventually. There's a scene in the trailer where they show like a displacer beast and a gelatinous cube and a bunch of monsters in an arena, and that happens toward the end of the movie. And that, like, aside from like the dragon chase, that's the main. Oh, yeah, okay, the character I was trying to lead up to is uh, the paladin. There's this paladin named Zenk who shows up for mostly one scene in the movie, like a couple, there's like the scenes before and after it, but he's mostly there for like the dragon dungeon. And he is basically, you know, a thing they, they call like a DMPC, like a dungeon master's player character. It's like a, a character who is statted out who is usually got like extremely high stats and is brought in to help the party out for what will be a dangerous part of the adventure and then leave afterward. And so he shows up and he's got like Drax syndrome of, uh, he takes everything literally like they tell him like, Oh yeah, we got to stop this guy. He's a real son of a bitch. And Zank goes, Oh, so his mother is the source of the problem. And, uh, uh. yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's that shtick, but you know it it's funny at least for me as a DM because it's like yeah I can see like this character he's taking everything too seriously he is explaining characters you know like talking to characters about like their personal arcs that they're going on uh, he kicks all the ass in the fight he stand he's the one who stands there and explains how the bridge puzzle is supposed to work only for one of the characters to accidentally step on the wrong tile and collapse the entire bridge 
And then, then they look over and they're like, oh, <laughs> hey, there's a staff of hither thither. We can use it to, uh, it's basically like a portal gun. You shoot a portal at a spot and you shoot a portal at another spot and you can just walk through it. And that is like the moment where it's like, yeah, the DM introduced this character so that they could use this character to explain the puzzle. This like complicated, stupid bridge puzzle. And the players immediately fucked it up and broke the whole thing. And then they just get this item that they use to teleport and then use that for the rest of the game to fuck things up. Like, they they have to sneak nice. into a vault, so they decide, okay, we're going to, you know, buy... Because they're... They know that the vault has, like, treasure in it, so they, they buy, like, a painting to donate to the vault, and they put a portal behind the painting inside of the frame, and have it, you know, they have to, like, smuggle it into the carriage uh, where all of the, you know, paintings and treasures and stuff are being brought to the vault and then yeah it gets smuggled in but then it ends up falling over and landing so that the portal is like face against the ground so they can't step through the portal um except you know i think doric stays behind and tries to like dig enough of a grasp to like uh transform into a worm and be able to just sneak in under that but everyone else has to find another way in so it, it, it feels like a thing that would have happened. Like, oops, the DM had to give them this portal weapon, and now um, now they're just abusing it, and now I have to come up with a creative way to stop them. Um, but yeah. No, I don't know. Zenk was fun. Like, at the end, he just... Like, he's like, okay, now I must go. And he, like, turns and leaves and walks in a straight line. And everyone's commenting on, like, look at what a straight line he's walking in. Oh, he's coming to a rock. Oh, is he going to move? Nope, he just walked right over the rock. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> okay. he's basically that kind of, he's just that, P, you know, the NPC who's dropped in to help you out. And when it's his time to leave, he's going to leave. And he does. Um, yeah. So, like, that was fun. There's like a scene where they go in a graveyard and use speak with dead because they know that there was a battle here and the item they're looking for was previously here. So they're going to like, okay, we're going to resurrect someone from the battle and get them to tell us uh, what happened to the thing. And they have to go through so many people because most of them don't know. They're like, oh yes, I was in that battle. I saw the helmet got passed to that guy and then I died. Um, and yeah, so they're just like going from dead person to dead person trying to figure out where this helmet went like one of them didn't even see the fight because he just like got out of the tub tripped and fell and cracked his head and died very relatable so yeah D D movie was fun um and yeah so that that's that's the two topics I came in with was those two movies and I figured I'd spin it off into a side tangent of just ranting about movie opinions in general. It worked. We're an hour in. Yep. <laughs> yep, we got an hour so far. Um, 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 I could spend an hour talking about playing me playing Stellaris. <laughs> <laughs> Which, do, Jay, do you know what Stellaris is? Um, I assume it has something to do with space. Yes, it is. Um, it's a grand strategy game by Paradox Interactive, uh, the same people who make who make Europa Universalis and Hearts of Iron. Mm. Um, so, 
That's a black hole of time and money. Mm. <laughs> um, but basically, all my free time is going into that, which isn't much, ad- admittedly. But, mm. um, so, I mean, basically, you start in the year 2200, and um, you play as some some form of civilization it could be humans it could be aliens it could be robots it could be uh the hive mind of uh like a biological hive mind um and uh you start um whenever your society learns um or invents faster than light travel so you can go from star system to star system very quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically a galactic... Um, <laughs> it's a, a game of galactic conquest. Uh, and uh, it's very... Very time-consuming. <laughs> um partially because you know the galaxy is a big place and there's a lot of things to do and partially because it runs like shit and um a year in game probably takes about 10 minutes Mm. um if you play well you can play on a tiny map with like 200 star systems or a large map with a thousand star systems and a few options in between um and if you play with on a thousand, the game has to run so many calculations that you're you're not even getting through a day every every second. Mm. It's it's ridiculous. Um, but anyway, um, I played two games. My first one, I just played the. You can create. Um, an alien civilization to play as, but there's also a bunch of presets. And uh, I played one of the presets. It's um, robotic exterminators. So uh, I exterminated all life in the galaxy. Sorry. Okay, so you were um, the villains from Mass Effect. Yes. Basically. Um... Yeah, so I, my my starting point was right next to another, um, like space empire civilization. So I immediately destroyed them, mm. um, and with all their connections, I found another one, and I destroyed them. And I was on a small galaxy, so. There was basically only one or two more alien civilizations in the entire galaxy, and I was already twice as big as any of them. Um, so I just steamrolled the entire galaxy in like a hundred years, mm. with, which is how many Death Stars do um, you have to use along the way? None. You can create a Colossus, um, which is a, a big space station that can crack planets Mm. aka a death star but i didn't get that far (laughs) because i destroyed the entire galaxy (laughs) way too quickly um the 
I, I wasn't able to um, advance my technology that quickly because by the time I got there, the entire galaxy was going. Um, so I spent the next 200 years just waiting and um, building up my forces, and I took took on the only fallen empire in the galaxy, which fallen empires are like previous... Um, like space empires mm. that are ba- basically gave up <laughs> and are really isolationist. Um, so I was like, hey, I'm here to exterminate you. And they said, no, you're not. Um, and then I exterminated them. Mm. Um, and then I got a really cool relic that uh, was useless to me because I already won. Um I was like, well, what do I do next? And then you so wept for there I, were no more galaxies to destroy. Well, no, I then I killed the space whales. Okay. <laughs> Harvest all their space bulver. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a Make joke. Um, you, you, you kill them and you, you get um, energy credits and exotic gases, mm. which are resources. Mm. Um, so I did that. And then I was like, okay, I think that's all the life in the galaxy. Um, and then I remembered that there there are, like, pre-spacefaring civilizations on some planets. Mm. Um, so time to kill all so, them, <laughs> So <laughs> I was like, I don't feel like waiting. I don't feel like waiting um, for, like, to build an army to take all them out. So I was just like, I'll just take my space fleets and go over the, <laughs> over there and rain death upon them for no reason <laughs> until they're all dead. So I did that. Um, and then shortly after I was done that, um, a, a, a thing happens in the late game called a galactic crisis. Well, where... it seems a bit late for that. Yeah. It's like, who who is the crisis? It is me. <laughs> I have already done that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in a normal game, uh, a galactic crisis would appear, which there's a few flavors of galactic crisis. The one I got is the Phyrexian Scourge, which is, uh, is that actually a magic gathering thing or did they just use the same term? Um, what is that in? I mean, is it is Phyrexian spelled P H Y R E X I A N? Let let me check. Because uh, I, I thought that was like a magic copyright, and I didn't know anyone else could use the term Phyrexian. It it's probably spelled different, mm. or I I might just be picking that up. Prothorian. Oh, okay. yeah. Phyrexian was a a word I had in my okay. head. From magic, yeah, because you've been uh, buying the latest uh, March of the Machine that just came out yesterday, which I am no, not it's actually... sorting through my cards right now, and you don't hear any shuffle sounds of cards uh, being slid against other cards. Uh, uh, yeah, so apparently, um, I know enough about magic to pick up one of the words. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably you know it was. The latest set is March of the Machine, where everybody is fighting against Phyrexia. The previous set was Phyrexia All Will Be One, so probably heard Aaron Hansen mention it a few times or something. 
Yeah. Um, well, you did talk about uh, magic lore some yeah. uh, in the last episode, so you might have mentioned that yeah. at some point, Probably. and I was just like, that's a word in my brain now. Okay, so, so the, I picked it up. The par something, something surge? The, scourge? It, it's the Prothorian scourge, okay. which you you know you might real understand why i made that uh mistake mm. um and they're these little beholder looking motherfuckers who just come in at some point and they're, they're like we're gonna eat the entire galaxy um and usually not if in I games eat of, it first right uh usually in games of stellaris that's like Oh no! Um, here to hey, galaxy, we leftovers. should we, we should come together. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. In a in a regular game, you'd be like, "Hey, galaxy, um, how about we band together to fight this um, existential threat?" Um, but in this one, I own the entire world. You're the only life the left. Ent- Just you and your ships. Yeah. Just me and my robots, my big hulking robots, who exist to destroy and have nothing to destroy. So guess what happened? Just fight the scourge for seeing who yeah. the last uh, thing alive is. Yep. Um, but the interesting thing is that they they pick a spot on the outside of the galaxy to land in. Um, and they just so happened to pick a spot with only one one connection to the rest of the galaxy. So, like, they picked a choke point. So all I did was, like, massively fortify the choke point and then put all my fleets there, and I just, <laughs> I just destroyed them super easily uh, until there was none of them left. And then I, I the beat men, the entire scourge by myself. Like yeah, animals and slaughter them like animals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've it, it's such a weird. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. Oh God, um, but it, it's such a weird feeling to be so overpowered <laughs> in a in a strategy game like that. Um, but there you go. That's the Praetorian Scourge. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, eyeball they, with tentacles. They, yeah, they fly a lot, f- fly around in biological battleships. Mm. Um, can you play as and, them? Yeah. There's probably a mod where you can play as them. Um, All will be eyeballs. I mean, you can, you can play a type of civilization called a devouring swarm Mm. which is basically the same idea um you know you go around the galaxy and devour everything um name it after kirby you you can i might i might do that yeah become kirby you're going to eat everything I will I will find the, the alien creature with the biggest mouth mm. and <laughs> I will play as them and my race will be called the Kerberians. 
I'm I'm gonna do that. And I, I will show you the aftermath. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh yeah, so that was that was my first game of Stellaris back from not playing for like three years. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and the second one, the one I'm doing now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're you're 100 right. Um, not not even everybody, but everything, every every living thing in the galaxy is destroyed. All all that's left is robots. So don't don't you feel great about yourself? It feels um, like that's a thing from the end of a movie, but I can't remember what movie. That just ends with, and every living thing in the universe was dead. It it sounds like a um, like I think the second Planet of the Apes movie ended with that. Oh yeah, with he, the he sets off a the nuke yeah, going he off. Sets off a nuke, and then the there's just like a narrator. It's like, and then everything died at the end. <laughs> no wait, you're thinking of the story Patrick said to SpongeBob about the ugly barn. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking of. <laughs> um. Oh, also, there's a bunch of references <laughs> in the game. Like there, there's a random event where like a, a an interdimensional doorway just opens up on one of your planets, um, and there's a chance that it can lead to hell. <laughs> and there's a yeah, the there's an event where you can get yeah you can get the doom you can get a doom slayer <laughs> as as um. I don't know if they become like a, a general or what, but um, or it, an army. But yeah, you can get a Doom Slayer. There's a there's an there's an Easter egg where I, I think if Earth gets destroyed, there's a chance it might turn into a wormhole, um, which is a reference to um. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I think. Ah, oh, um, I mean, like, Hitchhiker's Guide, the, uh, maybe one of the later books. I mean, because the, 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 originally or, it was just that it, they blew up wait. the Earth to make way for an inner space highway. Yeah, I mean, that that's basically what a, but I don't think it what became a wormhole a, does in this game. Yeah, I guess, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Or, or maybe a gateway, which is a, a man-made um, mm. wormhole, like, goes from one end of the galaxy to the okay. other yeah yeah because it seemed like in hitchhikers it was just that the earth was in the way of this you know intergalactic highway they were building so they just you know smashed it with their uh uh you know steam ro- you know space steamroller yeah um i'm trying to think of what other references they have I'm I'm sure there's a bunch that I don't understand because I'm I don't know every sci-fi story ever ever mm. written. But um, I guess that's your project for uh, after you finish watching the Disney movies is to read every sci-fi story ever <laughs> in one year. Yeah. <laughs> I start with Frankenstein and go from there. I should read Frankenstein though. Yeah, I mean, uh, did I you think read I read in school or? 
I I think I read it when I was like fourteen, and I I probably didn't get much out of it. Yeah, <laughs> because I was fourteen. Yeah, I know. I I think I read it in high school. I I definitely reread it in college, and in college they actually take the time to, you know, have more interesting thoughts about it than the uh, high school where it's just kind of a time filler. Yeah. Why did high school make people read Shakespeare? <laughs> uh, cultural literacy. Yeah. But, like, you're reading a play. I don't get it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's weird, but I, I, I assume probably the logic is that uh, you will see uh, references to Shakespeare in other things, you know, like books and movies and just stuff in general, so it's important to know. Like, oh yeah, this is the source material that they're referencing. Yeah, I guess. Um, anyway, on my second game of Stellaris, um, well, it's my current game. I'm playing um, a, a race called the Necroids, which is like zombies, I guess. Mm. Um, and the origin I pick, uh, basically, th- there's a lot of choices you can make before you start playing, um, like what race to pick, um, like what type of society you have, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you have an origin, and the origin I picked is Here Be Dragons, mm. um, which what it, what it does is it puts a giant space dragon in your your solar system like your home solar system and um it's very powerful in the early game so uh it basically defends you from uh any attack um from outside sources but um there's there's events like you can feed it um or you can feed it food which is a, a resource or it will eat your pop- population. <laughs> um, so you feed it a bunch of zombies, and it gets infected with a zombie virus and becomes a zombie dragon. Uh, you're you're jumping ahead. <laughs> I'm connecting the um, dots that have been placed. Yes, um, and there, there's a few other events like you can. Um, there's a there's an option to where you can like take samples of it or study it from afar and if if you take samples of it it might it might get mad mm. and eat your population uh, or it might not notice and you can get dragon scale um which is like a, a super armor that you only get by killing space dragons of which there are not many yeah yeah because you have um, to put it in your backstory to make it show up yeah, I mean, there's also, like, things called ether dragons, which are just big orange space dragons that appear randomly throughout the galaxy. Um, there's actually one not far <laughs> from my capital, which I can't kill yet. Hmm. Um, yeah, you'll find a way to I kill should, it. I should, I should bring it home and let it marry my pet dragon. Hmm. Um, um but the the reason I'm playing as zombies um, is because I, I heard that 
if you kill if you kill the dragon as a, as as the zombie race, you can bring it back as a zombie dragon, and you have complete control over it. Um, instead of it kind of just flying around your home solar system and eating your food slash population. Mm. Um, yeah, no, you just have to throw enough of your population in it that it gets massive indigestion and dies. Well, <laughs> this plug is up the problem. Its throat with it's zombie the, bodies. This is the problem. It's the size of a planet. Mm. <laughs> so, okay, but so how it big can is eat. its throat? Can can you wedge something in there? Um, okay, I will. I will make a planet cracker, and I will, oh, and just get it to eat it. I <laughs> yes, yeah. the cracker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it eats the cracker. Yep. <laughs> it gets really dehydrated, so <laughs> it it basically drowns or um, dies of mm. thirst. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, that's Stellaris. It's a it's a, a really weird time mm. with um every sci fi trope you can think of, um. There's robots, there's cyborgs, there's interdimensional beings. Um, there's a, a giant monster called, uh, I think it's called a dimensional horror. And it comes about uh, when, um, I think when you research a certain thing on a certain planet, there's an option. It's like, oh, here's the elder one. <laughs> do you want to summon the elder one? And you can be like, no, fuck no. Why would I do that? Or you can be like, he is come. He he is here. Mm. Or it's like some weird cultist rambling. Um, yep. And then he destroys the star <laughs> in the star system and turns it into a black hole. And he appears and kills everything. <laughs> um that goes in there. Um, and then later, if you want, you can kill it. Mm. And make it into a can, zombie. You can eventually kill everything. <laughs> I wonder if you can make yeah, that into a zombie. I'm like going to have to try. your previous playthrough where you destroyed everything except you destroy it all with zombies and then you resurrect it all. I might have to try that. I I think there is a dimensional horror spawn in, in the game, so I'm going to try mm. it. And I'm going to kill it. And if I can reanimate it, I will. Um, so yeah. That's it. You blow you blow a lot of stuff up in space. Um, and that's Stellaris. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also played um, a new game... Um, so, Secret Sleepover Society, which is the like, Let's Play channel of Jacob and Julia from Drawfee, um, played this one called Storyteller, mm. which, it, it's a really short game, um, but I, I liked the video enough that I bought it, and I, I've played through it twice now, because it's, it's pretty short. But it's, um, I mean, it's on Switch, I think they were playing on Steam, it's probably on everything. Um, it's, um, this one where it's like, so you've got these scenarios inside of a storybook, 
And some of them are like references to classic literature. Some of them are just kind of generic trope things. But you have like a mix of settings and characters and you have to use those to create a logic to make the scenario happen. So like the introduction ones, um, the, this, um, it's like Adam and Eve, uh, and Adam dies happy. I think is the the first what? so basically like you have three panels and so what you end up doing is like you create wedding put adam and eve on there they get married and then you create a death or maybe no you don't have to make a meet um but you create like a death thing a death scene you put adam's face on the grave and oh wait no i think the first one is like you i don't know if it's the first one but one of the first ones is like Eve dies heartbroken is the scenario you have to create. So panel one, you have them getting married. Panel two, you have Adam dying and you have Eve in front of the grave and it shows a heartbreak thing. And then panel three, you have Eve dying. So now you have Eve has died heartbroken. Um, so that, that's like one of the basic examples. But then they have, you know, it, it goes on this things, this like a series of them where there's a butler who is like a butler and a duke and a duchess and an investigator who looks like Sherlock Holmes and like the first one is butler goes on a rampage so you show butler goes to the gun room picks up a gun butler shoots the duchess in the ballroom but butler shoots the duke in the ballroom and now butler has gone on a rampage um but then you know they'll be like uh the, like the the butler gets like the, the duchess gets the butler arrested and so you have like um butler picks up gun and then uh the, there's like a, i can't remember what they called it the, there's a set a, a location you can create for like person spying on another person through the eyes of a portrait in the ballroom so you have you set that up you have the duchess looking through it then you have the ballroom and you see because you've established in the previous panel that she is looking through the painting when you get to the next ballroom one it shows her eyes looking through it and then you put the butler there who's holding the gun and it creates this little like oh alert thing like she has seen it and then you can have her in the next panel talk to the detective and tell him that the butler had a gun and then um then I think like that one gets kind of tricky because when you have the investigator go to confront the butler, the butler just hides the gun, like because he hasn't actually committed a crime, uh, nothing happens. But um, if you have like because that one you you can do six panels on like the fifth panel you have the butler then shoot the duchess, then you have the detective confront the butler and now a crime has been committed and he knows that this guy had the gun so then he arrests him. Um. And, and all the duchess had to do was die yeah yeah and that one like that i i mainly remember that version of how to play that out because if you because the duke is an option for that scenario too and one of the ways of like duchess gets butler arrested is butler gets gun duchess looks through por painting duchess sees the butler shooting the duke while she's looking through the painting she goes and tells the detective the detective arrests the butler um but the the first one that i explained because after you know that that seems like the more logical way is she sees the butler shoot a person 
um, and then or right. she sees the butler shoot the duke, and now she can tell the investigator, and therefore the duchess is the one who got the butler arrested. Um, but that after you do the scenario that way, it shows like an alternate objective for like a bonus point of, um, but the duke isn't home. And so then you have to cobble together that scenario of like, okay, so how do I make the butler guilty of a crime and have the duchess be the one who tells the detective how um, this thing, you know, plays out and that, that that's the way you end up having to do it is she sees him with the gun and then she reports it and then she dies and then he's arrested. Um, yeah, that's more interesting. Yeah. Like they, like, it, it shows that they actually plan for it. Yeah, like like you and, and yeah, because there's the there's this like another group of characters. There is a queen, um, a baron who looks like Ganondorf, who's just got like a big beard and he's a bastard who likes to murder people. And then there's a nice. knight uh, who isn't wearing like armor. He's just you know a you know young lad. There's a knight, and there there's a bunch of scenarios that play out with them. So uh so there's like so one of the ones with the alternate endings is um the you need to get the baron uh to marry the queen um i think oh what was what was that one? i don't know there's a couple like that but i know that there's one where like the baron can put on a disguise as a dragon and then well disguised as a dragon kidnap the queen and then take the disguise off and then come back to the kidnap scene and release the queen and then she thinks oh this guy saved me uh and then they get married um but then the, the alternate objective says like uh have the queen get married to the dragon so then you change the scenario to be the baron kidnaps the queen and then disguises himself as a dragon and rescues the queen and then she marries the dragon which is the Baron in disguise, and I guess he just can never take that costume off ever again, because otherwise she'll know. I think your volume's down. No, it's not. You're imagining things. Okay. Yeah, if it doesn't show up on the yeah. recording, then no one will know. Um, but it should show up on the recording, probably. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I I mean, if anything, like the, the playthrough of it is fun to watch. Um. It kind of, like, some of them have flexibility to how it plays out, but, um, not that much, so I kind of already knew the solutions to everything, which made the game go even faster, but it was fun. I, I've played through it twice already. Yeah, I, I imagine there's a lot of, like, interesting ways to fail. Mm. Yeah, and they're all, like, these cute little character things that, you know, they, they'll react to however you place things. You know, you can, like, insert scenes in between scenes as you try to puzzle out how to get to the conclusion it's looking for. The, there's, like, a scenario where um, there's a werewolf, and so there's, there's this guy, like, if you put anyone else in the moonlight, they just bask in the moonlight. If you put him in the moonlight, he turns into a werewolf. And while he's in werewolf form on panels afterward, he just, like, lunges at whoever you put him up against, and they turn into, like, an Among Us uh, stump of a body with a bone sticking out. <laughs> so, 
so the, there's um like a, that's pretty sus Jay. yeah there's like a scenario where you need him to get arrested so you put him in the moonlight he becomes a werewolf put him with another person he bites their top half off and then um if you put him next to the detective while he's a werewolf uh he would just eat the detective so you have to have him change back but also you have to have the detective uh become aware that he that a werewolf is the one who bit this person in half um and i don't remember exactly how that plays out but you yeah you have to move the pieces around to try to make the scenario happen without the character getting killed before it happens yeah that sounds like an interesting little puzzle game yeah yeah, it's I, I don't know I don't remember who the developer was. I know the publishers Annapurna, which is like the same one that put out Donut County. And it feels similar to that of like a short, cute, easy to play puzzle type game. Yeah. Well, since I haven't seen anybody play it, I might pick it up and try it. Mm. Might be for a fun little uh fun little way to relieve mm. <laughs> the stress from working 50 hours a, w- a week mm. for months at a time yeah. um, that is currently my hell um, yeah. I mean at least this episode will be going up at the usual time because they let you have a Saturday off for once oh uh, yeah I'm taking vacation next week so mm. I will chill out for a little while mm. so anyway yeah. that's how my life is going yeah. i I, I can't I, I i can't even i can't even find the motivation to watch disney movies mm. <laughs> that's yeah uh, i could watch them in the background while i play stellaris but then i'm not really watching them you know yeah i i, I don't know like i guess you know you're it's your project i i feel like i wouldn't have the attention span to really focus in especially on the older disney movies yeah well i once i get to ones with that are you know the the classics you know cinderella um Mm. jungle book like ones that are an actual single thing and not um you know well collections of cartoons or is um, fucking mr toad the next one or was um there no it's it's cartoon collections oh. which I, I might i might just yeah, those aren't i don't movies. know yet those are just compilations yeah i might just skip them maybe watch them later yeah. um skip ahead to yeah ichabod and mr toad and then i think cinderella mm. um cuz i love the animation on cinderella um, yeah, no, that, I mean that's one I I definitely remember from my childhood. There's there's some really nice shots in there, like with the I, I think I said this before, but with the the stepmother, um, especially like she just they just make her look so evil mm. <laughs> just with, with with like lighting and detail. Yeah. Um, uh. 
but yeah i might i might just do that skip ahead a little so i could actually find the motivation to watch them yeah no watch the ones that are actually movies like not just their repackaged cartoons yeah yeah, because I mean, Anta- uh, Fantasia was kind of an uh, anthology, but it was at least it, it was an original very interesting. anthology. It wasn't, you know, right? Yeah, just you know, some shorts that they made to go before their live action movies that they then slapped together. Yeah, or corporate propaganda to try to appeal to uh, <laughs> Southern Americans mm. or S- South Americans, I should say. Yeah, as part of their vacation trip that they went on. Yeah. Disney is so weird. Like, I'm talking like Disney when Walt Disney was around. Mm. Like, it's such a weird... There's there's so many, like, fucked up things around. Uh, anyway, mm. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, that's basically all I did for the past two weeks was... Nothing and place to Lars. So, mm. uh, I watched Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, right. Which is yeah. still, yeah. which is still one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. Um, yep. I also but, rewatched I mean, it, but I think I was doing something else at the time, so I didn't fully pay attention to it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not really anything new to say, right? But yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. Like every. Every every fight scene is just a spectacle. Like and in between the comedy is just great. Um, I I love how quickly they can change from you know the comedy scenes of like the the main guy's uh, friend like constantly stabbing him with knives mm. <laughs> on accident in funny ways. And then, like the the assassins show up with their um, it's like a musical instrument that kills people. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I on previous watches I'd missed, but I noticed this time that they ran into those guys on the street, you know, as they were like walking toward the town because it's the two assassins yeah. and they have this one giant like piano violin sitar yeah. or whatever it's it's one giant it's, instrument case and they're both wearing it and they're trying to walk down the street and they can you know barely get by people right yeah it's some kind of huge stringed instrument i don't know what it is yeah yeah it takes two people um, to play it but also they can like flick their fingers across and make swords come out of it yeah yeah i it, it's just such a great it's just such a great movie, like a cop as a comedy, as a kung fu movie, um, and at the end, like a weird, <laughs> like superhero movie, mm. almost. Um, yeah, I mean the the drama is kind of weird, but whatever, just go with it. It's it's yeah, I, a I nice assume spectacle. it's just you know, part of the parody of that kind of kung fu movie to have yeah that, like you. Know, character arc for the main character yeah like oh there's a a little girl with a lollipop yeah Yeah, they beat him up and then peed on him (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh uh that's gross um 
Yeah. Have you ever watched Shaolin, Sha- Shaolin Soccer? I want to. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I know that's it's, the same director. Yeah, it, it's it came before it. Um, it's it's almost as good. It's great. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. I saw some of the later things the director did. You know, like he did uh, Journey to the West. Which was a little yeah. more serious, but, but, but it still had some fun yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. And The Mermaid, which was, uh, it was okay, but I think a lot of the comedy was more, you know, probably landed better in China than it does here. It just seemed dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's made anything that's had, like, massive... Um, like crossover since like the early mid 2000s i know um, he's talked about doing a, a another kung fu hustle but it would be like more of a spiritual sequel i think like different characters different time period but similar idea yeah i mean that that sounds better than trying to do a sequel where the main character basically turns into a god yeah uh, <laughs> Well, I, I guess I would have to focus on that new kid who was handed a cheap, you know, pamphlet about oh, yeah. Kung Fu at the end. Yeah, because I, I think the time period they were going for was like um, early 1900s. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because they, they, had, they had like some, or maybe like. If it was America, it looks like 1930s, but I don't know with China and time it, periods. It's probably somewhere around there, yeah. early 1900s. Like I, I know that they like rapidly industrialized after World War II. Mm. Um, but like, I mean, I don't think it's trying to. It's it's not like a period piece, right? It, yeah, it's uh, a, it's a weird fantasy thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I love Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, I, I also watched Into the Spider-Verse again, because if I'm in a bad mood, I want to watch things that I love. Mm. Um, it's still it's still the best animated movie I've ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't I, I've, remember when I've got no the, problem saying that. Because the, sequ- the sequel keeps getting pushed back. I don't remember if it's June or July yeah. now. They... They should push it back until they're happy with it. That's my yeah. I, I just want to know when opinion. the when it's coming out so I can know to go see it because I can't remember yeah. when it's coming out now. Yeah, I I haven't been following that closely, but um, I went to see John Wick four. That's another movie that I would actually go to the theaters to see. Mm. Um, yeah, like, like I, all the Marvel stuff lately has not been well we got uh, guardians 3 coming out may 5th yeah that too i want to see guardians 3 yeah even if even if it turns out to not be as good as the first two yeah because um, i know i had to look up when movies are coming out because you know the people i play cards with also go we've gone like all the last few movies i've seen because i've been with a group which i think has helped um you know uh, so, you know, like when I just go to see a movie by myself, it, it doesn't quite land as fun. Um, usually, kind of. Uh, but yeah, because we've got Guardians three coming out 
first week of May. Um, there's the new Indiana Jones. I can't remember if it's May or June. I kind of don't care. It looks like it's probably going to be good. I just don't care. Um, it, it it seems like there's some actual effort to it this time instead of just like put it out for money. Yeah. 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 It's just that like I haven't really cared about Indiana Jones for like a decade. So or like yeah. thought about it. You know, like they're they're good. I just you know it hasn't been the thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Because there's that. There's the live-action Little Mermaid. I don't really care, but the others are interested in seeing it. And also, yeah, sure, I guess. It probably won't be good. Hmm. But whatever, there's a half-naked mermaid. That, that's something. There you go. Yeah. That'll carry me through it, I guess. Um, and then this one, she might not be a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Um, yeah, so there's that. There's Barbie, I think, is in July. And that one looks funny. Uh, so. Yeah. The the only thing is, is it genuinely funny? Mm. Or is it, like, it'll make you cringe funny? Yeah. Oh. I mean, we'll, we'll find out as it gets closer, I guess. Hopefully. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh... The first trailer for the Marvels just dropped. That I don't think comes out till November. It's the Captain Marvel sequel where she teams up with Ms. Marvel and Photon. And I, I was hoping the trailer would give me something to make me care about the movie, but it didn't. So I I don't know. Like that that is one where if I watch it in theaters, it's going to be because someone else said, hey, let's go watch this. And I said, okay. Because otherwise, I... I don't know. Like I, I've seen most of the MCU movies, aside from like pandemic ones, in theaters. I think even the pandemic ones. Is, I think I saw Shang-Chi in theaters. Black Widow, I don't think was available. But, um, no. Well, I know, yeah, and also Black Widow, they offered it day and date digital. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just get digital. Uh, I think Shang-Chi was the first one where they said, you have to see this in theaters. Um, and I think yeah, I did I skip don't... Eternals. Because I, yeah, I didn't see that until it came out on Disney+. Plus. So I guess the Marvels wouldn't be the first time I skipped uh, an MCU movie in theaters. Hmm. But... I don't know. Like the yeah. the trail, all the first trailer showed is that somehow their powers have become quantum entangled or something. So whenever one of them uses their powers, they end up like teleport swapping with another one. And like, sure, whatever. Oh boy, hijinks! Yeah, like okay. So and uh, I guess there's a bad guy who's a Cree. Okay, I I don't I I never really followed Avengers or Captain Marvel stuff that closely, so I don't know who this character is, and I don't care. Um, maybe Secret Invasion will give me a reason to care, but also that's a Disney Plus show, and getting any kind of caring out of any of those is kind of hard. Aside from Moon Knight or Loki, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I feel like there's another movie coming out. In the summer, oh, and then Spider Verse, obviously. I want to say that's June now, but I don't remember. 
Yeah. Um, the only ones I, I care about really are um, Spider-Verse and uh, Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like Indiana Jones, if if it gets really good reviews, I might go see it. Because I, I, I do love the original movies. Mm. Um, yeah, because like in the trailers, they're showing stuff like flashback or possibly time travel question mark of you know like de-aged Harrison Ford so I don't know considering how de-aging tech has worked in the past I don't know how good that'll go yeah like at least it's the same actor instead of a different actor with Harrison's face painted over it I was about to say, at least they have the actual guy, so it'll be more like um, Civil War and less like um, Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, Luke's face looked fine in Mandalorian, so doing it like that, it could be fine. Yeah. And I think it it, it feels like that kind of tech works better with actors who've been on screen a lot more. So there's probably enough footage of Harrison out there that they can composite a pretty good likeness of his face. Yeah, just uh, get it from all the movies where he wanted his family back. Yeah. I don't I don't reference Family Guy jokes a lot, but I did like that one <laughs> where they, they just have Harrison Ford going around running up to random people saying, I want my family back. Oh. <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that does seem to be a thing. <laughs> um, anyway, also, um, have you seen Air Force One? Um, I don't think so. Is that the one where Harrison Ford's the, the president and he wants them yes. on his plane or something? It's that's all I it's, know about. It's it. die. It's die hard, but on a plane, yeah. and he's the president. Yeah, but there's no snakes um, on this plane. No. I have seen snakes um, on the plane. The <laughs> of course you have. Yeah, there's a part um, where a snake jumps out of, of a toilet and bites a guy's dick. And he's like, oh, get uh, the snake off my dick. He, he's not as freaked out as you would expect of someone who's got a snake biting their dick. Yeah. Um, but Air Force One. If a... If a, if a if a snake bit my snake, I'd be very upset, like frantically upset. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Air Force One. The entire movie is just a lead up to the final, like the the final one liner mm. where he he says, "Get off my plane," um, and he throws the guy off his plane. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the rest of the movie has no like cultural relevance at all but just that that one one-liner is just so good yeah i mean that that, it, that's it's... the only thing i know about the movie so i guess that worked out it's like i said the rest of it is just like a a poor diehard ripoff but mm. god that one line it, it just really sticks with you i haven't seen air force one in like 20 years from <laughs> out of the plane and then he looked to the other people and he said no ticket <laughs> yeah it's also the prequel to polar express <laughs> mm. 
I mean, that was the Last Crusade reference, uh, but yeah, I guess it could also be a. I, I know. <laughs> Get off my train, it says. Weird time, Tom Hanks. Yeah, sequel to Polar Express Snakes on a Train. Cross the moor. Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> in the really like creepy dead eyed CG model goes on the Polar Express yeah. train and it's full of snakes. It's just a bunch of snakes like biting children. <laughs> yeah, that they've just got like Christmas presents and you know their cocoa mugs and whatever and snakes popping up out of all of them. All the all the kids open their presents at once and it's all just poisonous snakes. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out Krampus replaced Santa Claus and uh, oh my God. all of the presents no. with snakes. This is an actually amazing idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that pitch I, it I want... to whatever company I... made that um, uh, what, the deadly that that latest deadly Christmas movie. So, yeah, I don't remember the name. I. I, I want I want this animated. This needs to be like at least like a twenty minute animated short. <laughs> yeah. Well, one day when we're big enough to have animators who just make stuff, one of them can try to make Snakes on a Train starring Samuel L. Jackson. You know, if the idea is good enough, um, Samuel L. Jack- Jackson might just do it. Mm. Uh, he seems like the, that kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, there'd probably have to be somebody, you know, footing the bill for it. But. He, he can do it. He's got money. Mm. <laughs> We're a charity case. <laughs> uh, uh, we just have to write a script and casually drop it somewhere in Hollywood so someone can pick it up and... You know, throw it in the dumpster with all the other unused scripts, and then eventually fish it out of that dumpster, and then make a movie. Later. <clears throat> or probably okay, here... look at it, read it, skim it, throw it in a dumpster, and then write their own version and claim that they invented it. So here, here's what we do: we uh, we write the script, um, we we drop it on the set of uh, a foot fetish porn video. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino will pick it up. Hmm. Um, it'll find its way to Sam Jackson eventually from yeah. from there, right? Yeah. Of course it will. Um, Sam Jackson will see it. Yeah, he'll show he'll like, love look it. at this funny thing I found. It's a script involving you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Sam Jackson will love it so much that he'll get it made. Um, and we will get writer's credits. We'll earn 10%. Mm. And well, we'll, we'll be, be $200,000 $200, in debt. Yeah, we'll be one of the many writers who, you know, because they'll bring in other writing teams to punch it up. We'll just be like a name credit on there, but not actually involved in anything from there. And I guess since we're not in the Writers Guild, they probably could just eliminate us from the script altogether and have no repercussion for that. That's fine. We'll know where we're involved. Okay, that was a very extended fantasy. (laughs) Well, it was to pad out this uh, two-hour mandatory runtime for our uh, Bad Movie Takes podcast. Yeah, well... See, what... 
What movie am I just completely against popular opinion on? Um, I find it's easier if it's a movie that is generally hated and it's one that you love to be able to say, yes, I love this movie that everyone hated. See, I don't, I don't think I love any movies that are hated. Mm. Um, like that, there's some I like, like Super Mario Brothers, um, mm. where it's just like, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, and that um, one I feel like has become kind of a cult classic over the years. Yeah, it, it's it's just very nineties. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, um, it's liked. For how weird it is like it it failed because of how weird it is and now the people that like it like it because it's weird if if i said i liked the first resident evil movie would that um be against the grain uh, because i feel like there's also a number of people who are fond of that one yeah yeah i mean i i, I think it's considered a schlocky movie but it probably is uh still considered you know um, the best. I think of it's the considered. Series. I think it's considered bad but fun, whereas the rest of the series is just considered bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, I don't think it's that bad. Like, I I think it's just a decent, um, like horror thriller, mm. action horror thriller, with a bunch of people that die in funny ways. Mm. <laughs> Um, did you think Iron Man 2 was good? Not good, but, well, I don't know. It, it's kind of just a decent, it's a decent one mm. with, um, very good, a very good semi-villain mm. in, uh, <laughs> what's his face? <laughs> Hammer. Mm. Justin Hammer. Um. Yeah. Mm. See what what MC, MCU movies? I, I I think my most contentious MCU opinion would be like I don't I don't think Black Panther was great. I just think it's good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. Um. I mean, probably the wildest MCU opinion anyone could have would be um. Either that, like, Eternals is amazing, or that, uh, I guess, either Avengers 1 or Infinity War or Endgame. <clears throat> I mean, like, Endgame, I, I could understand people being mixed on it, because it is kind of slow. But I feel like Infinity War and uh, the first Avengers are, like, the highest praised of the series. Yeah, I... I feel like if you hated like the original Iron Man mm. or one of the well liked Avengers, yeah, that would be like the probably the worst offenders as far as uh, MCU opinions goes. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, like even 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 stuff like Thor Ragnarok, like I could see somebody not liking that if they just didn't like the the style mm. of comedy yeah 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 and i think like for most most mcu stuff i will 
generally say, even the ones that everyone said, you know, like ones like Thor two or Iron Man two or Thor four, are you know, there's a bunch. Like I guess now Ant Man three is joining the crowd of movies people are okay with throwing under the bus, and like that, it seems like a thing that they that people will do just to you know like. Like, no, I'm not biased toward these movies. I don't like this one that everyone's agreed. We we can all be okay not liking Iron Man 2 or Thor 2 or, you know. The, the ones that are agreed, like, oh, yes, we all agree this was a bad one. And most of those, I would say they are good or better than good if it's one that it was just a fun time. Like Thor Love and Thunder was, yeah, it's, you know, got problems, but, you know, it's... It was so fun that I can overlook the problems. Um, but Eternals, I feel like, is one that I am comfortable throwing under the bus of saying, yeah, that one was bad. Mostly because it had, like, one yeah. good scene in it, which was, like, the big exposition scene in the middle. I still haven't watched Eternals, and I don't think I'm gonna. Nah, I mean, even for continuity, like, mostly people complain about how like any of the big events that happened in that movie haven't been referenced in anything else because they're just ignoring it like maybe it'll matter to the cosmic stuff eventually but probably not that much yeah yes the earth is technically an egg that was housing a baby celestial that has now been turned to ice or stone or something and is partly sticking its head up out of the pacific ocean but whatever there's weirder things going on in the marvel world than that you know that that reminds me of another event in stellaris where um you'll discover uh, a star system with two inhabitable planets and um, you once you inhabit one of them, <laughs> yeah, they, they turn into giant robots. Uh, no, no, they uh, once you inhabit one of the planets, the other one will get like severe earthquakes and cataclysms. Mm. And um, eventually it will birth what's called a void spawn, okay. which is um, like a giant space horror. Mm. <laughs> uh, that destroys your your star base, which is like basically whenever you want to claim a star system, you build a like a little star a star base mm. that uh, basically says this is mine. Um, and that's how you wake up the Cthulhu's come to punish uh, yeah. your hubris. <laughs> yeah, there's there's several Cthulhu's, different kinds of Cthulhu's. Um, the dimensional horror is the closest, um, but yeah, there's a. If if you actually like read the the flavor text on everything, and don't just click through it for, uh, you know the the gameplay elements. Mm. Um, that's a lot of interesting um, Cthulhu, mm. <laughs> like weird. Uh, like stuff that past civilizations did like they, there's there's one that's kind of funny um i mean it's dark dark humor but um 
it's like how did this civilization end like let's <clears throat> let's uncover this uh this ruin and find out but like when when you get to the end it's like the the write up is like this is i i mean it it's it's written like slightly more um clinical than this but it's basically like this is the dumbest shit we've ever seen it's like these people wanted to mine their moon which was rich in minerals so they created a giant magnet to bring their moon closer so it'd be easier for them to mine but they brought it in too quickly and they couldn't stop it and it ended a life on the planet yeah i mean if you alter its orbit at all it's probably going to go into a decaying orbit yeah, that's that's exactly the the language that they use. They're like, it, it's <laughs> just some of the some of the flavor in in Stellaris is just great. Like e- even the even the stuff that's like legitimately, uh, you know, interesting or dramatic, like not just funny. It, it's pretty good. Um, like they every, in every game you'll encounter ruins of a previous. Um, interstellar civilization um, and one of them like it, it picks it I think at random depending on I, I guess depending on what type of civilization you are anyway there's there's one um, and when you uncover the story they they basically have figured out that they're in a video game um, or or I don't know if they call it a video game, but they say some kind of uh, computer simulation. Mm. So that they basically destroy their entire galactic civilization uh, to get out of the simulation. Mm. Like it's Inception or something. Like they thought they were in the Matrix. They, they watched yeah. the Matrix and everybody believed it. Yeah. Um... But yeah, they they figured out they were in a video game and they were right. Mm. But they were technically wrong because in the universe of the game, they kind of just killed themselves. Yeah, because they um, it, it's not like Moriarty in Star Trek where he can you know, develop a, a personality outside of the program and then they create a new program for him to continue living in. Like these programs just die when they try to leave. Yeah, yeah, they're just dead. <laughs> We just go back into um, the programming code. Become ones and zeros yep. again. And now they're they're forced to have their civilization um, drug up um, every time somebody wants to play the game they were in. Yep. So yeah, yep, they are born again and then killed again. Yep. Anyway, that's yep. it. That's for bad movie opinions. Yep. Um, Terminator 1 and 2 sucks. Uh, Genesis is great. Mm. Yeah, I was trying to think what will be the the hottest take of Terminators after you said... Cause, yeah, I guess Genesis probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> Even, like, 3 has some redeeming value. And, like, Dark Fate tried. Yeah. And... Yeah, th- three is three is like a a decent dumb action movie. Yeah, th- three is um, like if somebody other it, than James Cameron did a Terminator movie, but otherwise did a Terminator movie. 
and wasn't it, like, trying it, to outsmart the Terminator movie. Yeah, it it kind of like destroys the lore of the series, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it follows the same retcon trend of one and two of like, hey, the T eight hundred is bad. Actually, we knew it was bad, so we programmed one to be good uh, to go protect him. But then he believed so so much that this thing was going to protect him that uh, an evil one killed him in the future. So now he's got to watch out for them again, I guess. Also, there's a girl one who can turn into liquid. Oh stuff whatever yep we we got a woman to be the terminator this time so when she shows up naked it's uh kind of hot there you go there you go guys girls can be terminators too yep they can beat up bikers (laughs) too i guess i don't know future is now yeah yeah this show needs to end because i kind of got a shit yeah i gotta get some (laughs) good end on Okay, good. If you want to isolate that line of me saying I got a shit and just put it right at the end, I wouldn't mind, but you don't have to. <laughs> That's the worst way to end the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just really emphasize it.